Hello, I'm Laura Furiosi, divorced mother of three, and I'm here with my mother, Lynette Galvin, with 35 years' experience in family law. You're listening to the Divorce Course Podcast. Through our candid discussions, we hope to help you through your divorce or de facto separation. We will be answering the most commonly asked questions and covering the stages and steps that you will face on your way to freedom. We all expect the best in people, but let's face it, when it comes to divorce and separation, sometimes it's better to be prepared than sorry. So today we're going to be talking about some of the things, the dirty deeds that happen along the way when it comes to money and divorce and what mum has experienced and seen through her 35 years of worth of experience in family law to hopefully help you have an easier journey. Hi, mum. Thanks for coming along. (laughs) I can hopefully help them all the way. (laughs) So, mum, we thought we'd, uh, the, the big, the big popular TikToks and Instagram reels that just get so many comments and views is all, if, if you haven't seen us, go to the Divorce Course podcast or the Divorce Course at, on, at Instagram and find us on TikTok or Insta. And the ones that just get people really into it and and they're like, I wish I'd known this, is all the dirty money deeds. Yes. And I think it might be great if you if people are going through a divorce right now and they're listening to our podcast and maybe they think, oh, my my avoidant ex isn't going to do any of this or my, you know, my amicable ex isn't going to do any of this, but maybe mum, just maybe it's a good idea to know what some people do do. Yes. And it's also a little bit of a, it's a little bit of a voyeuristic podcast episode today. <laughs> if, you, if you want to have a peek into see what the really nasty people yes. do. So tell us a bit, mum. So how do you describe these deeds? And we've come up with a basic set of four. Yes. And then obviously there's many other dirty deeds that can happen in divorce when it comes to money through business and trusts and super and things as well. Cool. But we're just going to touch on the, the most basic ones that you've come across. Mum, you also talked about, before we go through them, you talk about the cost that these dirty deeds can have on you. And it's not always just necessarily a monetary dirty cost to someone. There's other costs, isn't That's there? That's right. They can, they can damage you emotionally. Um, these dirty tricks can, can uh, interfere with your just day-to-day lives um, and um, probably your security and your health. So, you know, it's just they're just niggling and annoying things, quite apart from the impact on the property settlement in terms of money term. Okay. Mm. All right. So well, let's go to number one. Okay. And this is like a very basic broad one. And then the rest are quite kind of more specific yes. and things that maybe you haven't thought of. But number one is the dirty deed about money is they lie. Yes. What a surprise. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the reason I put this yeah. first, Laura, is because that's usually when these lies start. So there'll be the, probably the very first time you get a written letter from your ex-partner. Um, if, they're, if they're up to tricks, um, they could be saying things like, oh, this is, you know, the business is worth nothing or um, my pay is going down next year or, you know, we all know the caravan's not worth that much. It's only worth about 2000 And And they confidently tell you fibs, which you, because you, it's the first communication and because you still kind of trust them probably, uh, it, it can be a, a very pervasive and very successful trick they play. So they, they might say, um, or oh, don't get lawyers or we don't need to get valuations or don't you trust me? <laughs> and mm. the answer is, mm. well, until you prove you're trustworthy, you have to be a little bit sensible, you know, so mm. quietly Well, check I guess on you them. could look at it 
I think you could look at it this way. Um, you, if you, if you've got a really doesn't matter what type of divorce type you've got, your divorce processes has to be business-like. That's the best yes. way to go through it. I like that. And if you're negotiating with a business and another business says to you, oh, the value of the house is this, the caravan's worth this, um, I don't have any money in my bank account and I think this and this, from a business, if you're doing a dealing deal with them, you're not going to believe that you're going to want proof so in the same way you go through your divorce you're going to need that proof it's called due diligence in businesses Mm. and and a person might say that um and you go yes can you just give me the documents that back those statements up you know Mm. and so this is we're doing this in a business-like way uh you need to just double check and just make sure that you're not selling yourself short so this takes us to, to number two of the dirty money deeds. And number two is something that a lot of people get caught out with. And it's about not telling you about the bills, yes. not telling you about the mortgage payment that might be overdue and keeping you in the dark that may not cost you money, but it might cost you your credit rating or it might cost you to lose your electricity one yep. night or, or just not have a phone anymore. The car so, insurance. So what lapses it's so what kind of things do you see mum happening to some of your clients yeah I see this a lot and these are the most hurtful things I think for people and insidious so when you're a couple you may well in a busy life have divided up your jobs and you know uh, your other your ex-partner might have been the person that got the phone bills electricity bills or who went in and set up um, you know the health insurance or whatever or they might be in the defense force or something and you're using a health insurance or a teacher's credit union and when you separate sometimes more often than i i would like to hope it would happen it happens a lot um, they just don't tell you when your phone is bills due um, they let the insurance of the car run out um, they might uh, and this is a big worry when they stop you paying health insurance so I always set my clients up to say I say to them look just check every month that the payment's been made you do have a grace period with health insurance as usually and then you can make the mm-hmm. payment but I don't think people generally write and say to their to you, your ex would not typically write to you and say, I've stopped paying the health insurance. So if they're that way inclined, if they're, if they're out for revenge or to be nasty or just proving a point, uh, then you probably won't find out from them. So you need to do your, in our checklist, Laura, it tells you to check mm. those things. Um, so in our, in our course and also to anybody who's listening, we always say to you to try and think of it like it's yours now, you're in charge. Even if you haven't fully separated, if you fully haven't untangled all your finances, um, you're in control of everything now in your life. So you're in control of your health, you're in control of your phone. You're, so you need to make make a list of everything that you have to pay a bill for, everything that costs money in your house that you live in your day-to-day life and then go and check who does it get paid to when does it get paid what what bill is owed when if you're not in charge of the bills and this is all new to you you do need to get your head around it because you can't trust them forever and yes it may be because they're angry at you or they they're trying to make a point but it also could be they could be avoidant and they could completely drop the bundle and you might end up at the dentist one day and you can't swipe your health insurance card because it's you know haven't been paid so you need to take control of that so that you know that 
even if at the moment you're still sharing your bills, you at least know that they're getting paid and what's happening and when. And I and I guess, Mum, that's important. We've we had a very popular TikTok just recently where we talked about if they're not paying the bills. So say one of our listeners goes, "Oh, I'm just going to go check if that health insurance yes. has been paid because I haven't heard about that," and they go and have a look and it hasn't <laughs> been paid, or an electricity bill hasn't been paid, or something like that, and they have to go start paying them all. Uh, we've talked about in other yes. episodes that if you keep a list yes. of what you've what paid, you, yeah. what can they then do? You, what can they do with that? If you keep track of what you've spent, particularly if it was joint expenses, uh, like the, mm-hmm. the joint, uh, I had a lady once, the car was fixed, um, dropped off, the bill arrived, she thought it was paid, it wasn't, and it was the car her partner had. So um, that payment and other payments like that can be used in court. They can get taken off the other person's side or half of it because, let's face it, you're probably responsible for half, um, but Mm -hmm. they should have paid their half. If you've had to pay both lots just to keep your credit rating, keep a list and your lawyer or you can, through the course, sort out which ones should be reimbursed to you. So, yes, Mm -hmm. it's, it's hard. It's kind of just keeping the whole, your whole life sort of running along until you can get it sorted out finally. But you're right, Rose, you've got to take responsibility for your life. And even though it's hard and it'll take a bit of doing to get all the passwords, make sure it's your email or at least they send to you as well, uh, you'll feel so good when you've done that and you'll feel more in control. That's right. That's right. And I guess if they have gone and cancelled things without you telling, it's probably not a good idea to try and reset it up in the same account. Maybe try and get a new one with just your name on it so they can't yeah, cancel it on you. Unless it's the health. Unless it's health or something yeah. that you have to stay in it and then you need to wait. You know, maybe you do reinstate it in joint names, add your name to the mm. emailing list and plan about how you're going to separate it later on. But just don't lose yeah. your cover, I think, is important. So, look, if you haven't done that yet, if you were not the one in charge of bills and now you're just assuming it's going to be paid but you might have an amicable, an avoidant or a high conflict or a manipulative controlling, you need to keep your eye on that. Now, that takes us to number three of the dirty money deeds, mum, and this one is blows my mind every time we talk about it, and it's hiding money for property settlement. Yep. Hiding cash. So hiding, hiding the cash. Yep. And I guess it's just we don't just mean cash because there's people on TikTok that say, "Oh, I get mine in gold bars yeah. and I dig it in the ground." I'm like, okay, well, what's your address? Because <laughs> I'll send I'll go that over to your no, But you know, and we don't just always mean under the bed. But no. what are the ways? And we've talked about them before. Where do people hide? cash for property settlement. Okay. Some memorable ones for me uh, are hiding cash in credit cards because you expect a credit card to be in debit. Um, And it's easy uh, to flip your eye over a credit card and and not pick up that it's actually in credit rather than in debit. Um, Mm. So some people, I've seen people hide up to eight, ten thousand dollars $10,000 in a credit card. And if they hide precisely the amount of the limit, it really is hard to pick that up. You've got to particularly scour it. Um, another mm. place they hide it is in uh, betting accounts, uh, what, like with the TAB or overseas betting agencies even. Because you can have an account and put money in there, they can hide it in there. Uh, there's um, a couple of investment um uh, apps of investment companies that you can put money in every month for them to invest for you. Some people will put money in there um, and mm-hmm. build up it's quite a, a credit account. Yep. 
digital, digital wallets with oh, cryptocurrency, and and, oh, yeah, all of the things of the that things. you can imagine in the digital world. Yep. It's also people have talked about, <laughs> and I, I find it hilarious that the people, the guys who are doing this, are bragging about it on TikTok. <laughs> so I hope their ex-wives are watching, paying attention. Yep. <laughs> um, but one of them was that people are going to the store and buying store credit. So going to Woolies, doing the groceries and buying like a 10 or 20 or or $100 voucher. Yes, those gift cards. And, and then you can just use them. tucking it away. Yeah, you can yeah. use that anywhere. Yes. So Which I always... is a great idea if you're trying to experience, if you're trying to escape a domestic violence and you don't have money, and that is a great way, way to slowly it. build up some money to escape yeah. without them picking it up. If you're only supposed to be spending money on groceries, if it's that controlling. Mm. Uh, but in... In in the in that world, I guess mum, or the, all this hiding cash, moving yes. bank accounts, putting things into super, giving it to all their that kids, sort of stuff. or giving it how, if, it's, if they've got another, giving it to their brother to mind. So how do how do people overcome that okay, well, and and you not lose that okay, money? So all you have to do is identify it, find it, and it gets added back in. Um, that's pretty mm. hard if it's an overseas betting account, um, but you can ask mm. them straight out. Um, if it's in the credit cards, they will usually quite happily give you their credit card bills um, to look at because, and it'll be buried in a whole stack of other documents. Uh, you know, they'll just bombard you with what they call disclosure or discovery. So just go through carefully. Um, uh, I s- remember one where, where the, the amounts were innocuous. It was $200, $200. But when I looked at the dates, it was day after day after day after day after day. And I added it up. It came to about $90,000, uh, particularly if they're aware that the marriage is going to split up, but maybe you're not. <laughs> Um, mm, people can mm. start doing that early. So it's checking their records, asking them for the documents, and don't just take their word for it. Don't um, just trust them. Like your business analogy, do your you know uh, due diligence and just get the proof of that. Um, and I, here's now, a we tip, have... though. Sorry, if someone's mm. a little bit dishonest, you know what I say about that. If you're a little bit dishonest, you're dishonest in everything. So if I mm. find one sneaky little trick. I then go through the rest with a fine tooth comb and generally find it. That's your favourite thing to do. You love doing that. (laughs) You say, oh, I've got to take today off. I'm going through lots of somebody's bank account. And I'm like, okay, enjoy that, Mum. Yeah, it's often quite productive. Yep. Yes. But the next thing that we get asked in regards to that hiding cash, and that was one of our very top popular TikToks and Instas as well, was what happens if they won't disclose? So yes, they might be hiding money and yes, you could find it if you have access to their bank accounts. What if they don't disclose and you're going to court or mediation and they still haven't given you their bank records or their... Subpoena. Subpoena okay. um, and if it's the accountant and it's a joint company, you you can just mm-hmm. demand your rights as a joint person. Um, but if it's mm-hmm. something that you can't identify, you can do company searches and things and see if they've got a company or other properties. Uh, but really, mm-hmm. in the court system, you can issue subpoenas. Um, in if they're not in the court system mm. and they're doing mediation, is there any point doing a property mediation if I they think, haven't disclosed? I think, no, no. What I think you say to the parties, um, to the other side, is we'd love to do mediation. I'd love to go to mediation with you, but how can I when I don't have these documents? And so mm. put it on them. Don't don't let them say, oh, she wouldn't go to mediation or he wouldn't go to mediation. No. 
if you want to go to mediation, happy to do it, but make sure you give me these documents first. Otherwise, it'll have to be cancelled and I'll be, you know, pointing the finger at you. Mm, okay. Um, what, if, what if someone finds it out about it after the fact? You've had property ah. settlement, everything's sorted, and then one day they're standing there and they're doing handover and they turn up in a Lamborghini and the property settlement pool was apparently $20,000, but now they're driving a Lamborghini. Yeah. Like, how do you, how do people deal with that okay. if they find out after the well, fact? Well, you write and ask them for an explanation to start with and see what they come up with. Um, but mm-hmm. if they've lied and hidden assets, and if those assets, if brought into the property pool, like added in, would have made a big difference to what you got, then you need to try and reopen the case, get those orders set aside on the basis of uh, non-disclosure, deception, um, undue influence, unconscionability or whatever, uh, but really non-disclosure of assets, you can turn, you can Try to get those orders overturned. Don't do this yourself. I know I'm a big advocate of people doing their own stuff. Uh, this one needs a lawyer because you could end up getting hit with costs of the other side. Can I ask you a question, Mum, because it's a bit of a voyeur yes. episode. Have you ever had any clients that have hidden money and not told you about it and then later you're like, wait, you were hiding money? Only, like, do you ever... Only clients, I always find out and then they are yeah. no longer my client. Okay. I, I, yes. I decline to continue to act. But what is their reasoning and rationale behind that? Because I just feel like it's just so wrong. Like, well, why would you want to do that? Everyone seems to have their own justification, in my experience, because mm. usually it's the other side. And they're thinking, I know I made all of this money myself. I did all of this. You know, they use the fat bum argument. He sat on his fat bum or she mm. sat on a fat bum. And then they say... Um, so, and the court's not going to properly give me what I'm entitled to, so I'm going to just scoop this off and keep it for myself. Uh, that's one reason. Uh, they feel entitled. Um, another mm. reason uh, might be they just hate their ex with a passion and don't want to give them anything. Uh, they may, might be trying to ruin you. They, some people even mm. go bankrupt, um, legitimately go bankrupt in their spite um, to have the other person not get anything. I'd rather go broke. I'd That's rather give horrible. it all to lawyers. I hear that, and I, yeah. I don't like those sort of clients. Well, that <laughs> takes us to the next uh, one on uh, dirty money deeds yes. in divorce, and that is the classic running up your lawyer bill. Yes. And we don't mean you running up your own lawyer bill. We mean they're running up yeah. your lawyer bill. Now, how do you see this working, and what do people who are listening today need to watch okay, out for? Okay, so if you've got a lawyer and they've got a lawyer, hopefully both lawyers are honourable and the correspondence between them both and phone calls between them both are only the necessary ones and every call is designed to advance your case towards what we're looking for, which is the end of the case settlement moving on. Um, But sometimes if one person has a lawyer and the other person doesn't, um, that person knows that every time they write a letter to your lawyer, for instance, uh, that your lawyer has to charge you for reading it, send it off to you with advice, charge for that, wait for your instructions, charge for that, and then write them a response and charge for that. So something that a person who's not represented can dash off in about five minutes in an email could result in you paying several hundred dollars trying to respond. And you start to, you'll know if that's happening 
unnecessarily if you can see that there's a pattern that they're sending one a day or they're sending just little ones over and over and and you can do things to protect yourself about that with the cooperation of your lawyer so just be careful with so that give us some examples what are some things people can do okay to so it themselves? depends on your lawyer but um one of the things that we've always done is um we get an authority from the client to flick some of these emails to them direct without reading them we get permission um i make sure that you know we're still covered by insurance and the law the client says okay i i want my instructions are send those through to me i don't want you reading them i'll let you know if there's an issue uh, there is a bit of a risk in that if something comes through that your client doesn't recognize it's a problem that's a problem that is an issue uh, so it's one way you can do it if your lawyer will let you another way of doing it is simply to tell the other side that your lawyer's not acting for you at that stage. So what I call step in, step out. So the lawyer steps out um, and then you get all these rubbish emails and you can handle them and it's not (laughs) going to cost you. Uh, And then just bring your lawyer on. uh, If you get something, you think, oh, holy smokes, that I wonder what I'm supposed to do. You can put that one back to the lawyer. This is for the really obvious, deliberate, mischief-making emails um, and and yeah. you can have your lawyer still on in the background but as far as the other side is concerned they're not acting for you at the moment. How many of those do you see in the last 10 years? Um, I'm thinking about one in 20 they'll do that oh, just wow. for a little while. That many? Yeah just wow. for a little while. One in 20. They all think they're okay. original. <laughs> I'm sure they all think they're doing it for the very first time. Um, Um, If that is happening to you, we have a a whole podcast episode called Being Bombarded with Legal Letters. Here's some tips for you. So go and listen to that. I'll put the link to that episode in the show notes if if that is you, what you're experiencing right now. Are there any other ways to run up a lawyer bill other than writing lots of letters? Would you like us to take away the overwhelm of the divorce process and give you the step-by-step guide on what to do at each part of the process and show you how to do it? Even giving you the correct wording and legal templates that you can use for your property or parenting agreement? Would you like us to show you how to do your own negotiations and mediations and keep it out of court? Well, then you're invited to the DIY Divorce Blueprint. It is the only training of its kind that shows you exactly how you can do your own divorce, property and children's settlements, mediations and negotiations so that you can finally move on with your life without having to spend thousands of dollars on lawyers and years in limbo. Go to www.thedivorcecourse.com.au backslash enroll to find out more today. Join us now. Are there any other ways to run up a lawyer bill other than writing lots of letters? Constantly filing things in the court, issuing multiple subpoenas, um, really long court documents that take ages to read, although the court is cracking down on those. Um, Mm. Asking for things that you haven't got like trying to do that reverse discovery or disclosure on you. Where's the bank mm. accounts from 2005? Well, that was mm. 17 years ago. Well, I want those ones or, you know, um, <laughs> just stubbornly refusing to concede on something that any, you know, any common sense person would have conceded. The court has right. some measures for people who do that though now. Um, okay. Yeah. And you have made a point in the past of saying if those kind of people, the ones that are deliberately hiding, 
are asking yes. you for things, it's a good sign that that's what they're I, doing. I, so if, they're, if you're like, that. where has this come yeah. from? What Who the heck? Why are they that? even asking yeah. that? Who would think that? Wait, <laughs> wait. Maybe they thought <laughs> <Yes>. of it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I use that all the time. I think about that. And if I get accused of our client instructs that your client has put money in her mother's account from time to, oh, has she really? Oh, has your client? And I ask my <laughs> yeah, client or, you know, that, there's just those things where they okay. deliberately run right. up things. And there's another place they hide their money, in their mum's bank account. Yes. Okay, so then we get to uh, another big one, and a lot of questions come through about this all the time, and it is important to note the family court doesn't deal with child support per se except for in a property settlement future needs situation um but child support is another dirty money trick that people use and how do you see child support being used in the dirty money deeds the poor old child support agency gets tricked uh, because they they have to have flexible processes because someone might earn a hundred thousand in one year and then suddenly their income drops to sixty thousand a year. But the child support agency is working on last year's tax return, right? So there has to be a way um, to tell the agency, "Whoa, I'm actually not earning that much now." And so they have these estimates or uh, of income that you can put in. Mm. Um, however. Uh, sometimes people lie on those estimates and they just reduce their payments. That sort of starves out the person who's receiving the child support. And then at the end of the period of time, um, and this is something the, the agency put in because this was being abused, at the end of that year when the next tax return goes in, if they in fact earned more than I think it's 10%, then more than they said they would, well, um, that is... That, estimates going to be um, kicked out and they're going to have to pay um, back pay and I think there's also a penalty as well I'm not as clear on that but so be careful that they put in something oh I'm not earning anything particularly if they've got a business um, because Mm. they can be charging everything from their groceries to their clothes to the house cleaner on their business to cut down their taxable income so um, Mm. you need to be able to alert the agency and there are grounds on which you can say look I know you had to work on that um, that tax return but um, I need you to know you need to review this and the child support has a lovely website and it has the nine grounds they're things like that he's got or she's got property and resources that don't properly reflect in the in the income they've got um, or I don't know some other things like that that they're deliberately misstating um, I remember a really lovely case once where a fellow had bought a, a funny you should say Lamborghini it wasn't it was a $44,000 car back in the mid 80s so a really expensive car and uh, mm. couldn't pay child support uh, the no. court assessed him and weirdly enough found out that he really should have paid $44,000 in child support and they included Funny, some going forward that. as well and so he, ha- he had to sell his car. But 
Um, the, yeah. agent, the court only gets involved, like, if there's a property settlement on foot and someone wants them to deal with a departure order under 117 of the Child Support um, Assessment Act, they might. Um, and they're also an appeal after an administrative appeal tribunal. So if the agency, hmm. Child Support Agency makes an assessment and the payer or a payee appeals, then it goes to the review. Then if they, that doesn't work, they go up to the um, Minister of Appeals. And then if that doesn't work, they may be able to go to the, the court. But, yes, yeah, so just watch those things. Um, look at the grounds and see um, hmm. if they They also can tell the agency they're paying for stuff for you that they're not. So just keep a little eye on it. Uh, and we do have a podcast episode on child support yeah, right. where we talk the whole 45 minutes about <laughs> it. Um, but it is important to know that, yeah, there is a lot of dirty deeds done in the child support, support world. Um, and if you are across it and if you're aware of it, one of the questions, Mum, that people ask all the time as well is what if they're getting their job cash in hand? Yeah. How do you prove that to anyone? You can't really. Um, okay. It's very tricky. Uh, the tax department would be very interested to know. Um, but <laughs> remember, child support's assessed on their capacity to earn, not what they're actually earning. And I remember a case uh, in the early days of the, of the Child Support Act. So it came in about 1989. Um, and in, that, in those early days, uh, a doctor who used to uh, work uh, nine months of the year in Australia and volunteer for Doctors Without Borders for three months of the year, which was a lovely thing to do. That's lovely. lovely. Yeah. However, uh, he proceeded to continue to do that after separation and his ex-partner um, objected to the Child Support Agency and said, don't go off his tax return. He's only working you know, uh, three three quarters of the time. He should be working all mm. the time. And uh, ha rather harshly, I guess, but not from the kid's point of view, they, the uh, mm. agency said, look, if you're wanting to sacrifice or, or make a contribution to society of your time for three months, that's very all very well, but it's not a contribution that should impact on your um, ex-wife, it was, and kids, and therefore and he kiddies. had to keep paying as though he were still working full-time. And I think that little word capacity to earn will help you if you ask for a review, and particularly if you can point at previous tax returns and say, look, you know, he was earning that, and then suddenly when we separated, down it goes, and, and she's not earning anything like that anymore, she could, you know. Mm. So I've changed my mm. pronouns there because it happens in both sides of the fence. It does, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And look, if you're interested again, go listen to that child support episode. We talk a lot about it in there. Uh, and of course, the objections. And I think it was change reviews, of assessment. Change of assessment. And reviews. And There's estimates. lots of things that you can yep. do. Um, and of course, just ring child support and have a chat and say, look, I think this is wrong. I think this is happening. Just explain yes. it. Um, and they're kind of used to people ringing up all the time. You're obviously going to have to sit on hold maybe for a fair oh. while, but at least explain it, have a chat with them and see what they can sort out for you. And they'll point you six in the right blocks direction. Of six squares of chocolate and a cup of tea should do you. No, six blocks. Six blocks. I think six <laughs> blocks. <is great. laughs> Let's all have six blocks. <laughs> 
mum, they might have to start doing a health yeah. app, a we'll, health podcast. We'll, we'll have to put a, a, eat six blocks and we'll, then we'll eat healthy next week. Warning. Eating six blocks of chocolate is <laughs> bad for your health. <laughs> General advice only. <laughs> yeah. and, but but in saying that, it, the, dealing with the, like if if someone in this world, our listeners, there, I know we've got listeners who have some nasty pieces oh, of work yes. on the other side who have told them right at the beginning oh don't worry about it we can do this ourselves and this is what everything's worth they have they have hidden cash somewhere yeah. else and they have turned off the electricity or stopped paying bills without talking to you they have run your lawyer bill up they have cancelled their phone or insurance yeah. and they have played with child support so there are people out there and that can be so bad for your health yeah. and i i feel for those ladies because mm. i know we get messages on instagram and facebook and i can tell it that when they've written it it's in a it's in a moment where they just desperately want out they yeah. want it sorted well we're trying yeah. to um with this podcast and this episode I think we can at least give people a bit of a heads up. Um, it does yes. help you, I think, if when they do something disgusting like that and you go, mm. ah, that's that pattern, and, and so you're not as horrified that this person that you've loved and lived with would do that to you. Mm. Um, you need mm. to, like you said, Laura, get into business mode um, because if they're doing that, they certainly have and they're going to win mm. this business deal at any price. So, yes. And I think it might be comforting for anyone out there listening right now that's dealing with these or about to deal with any of these. You're not alone. There are so many other ladies and men out there that have dealt with it. Um, so it, it, it doesn't mean you know you've really chosen the worst partner in the universe it's just you've chosen from a pool yeah. of worst partners well, and, and none of these things i've made up um the cases no. are full of them um and these are things mm. i've definitely come across so it's happened to other people and if it's any comfort to you i don't think there's anything that people could think of now to do that hasn't been done before and there's been a case about it and over like from 1975 when the act was first drafted the family law act until now there's been tweaking and adjusting and closing off holes it's like it's like if you've got like um, a dog that gets out of the yard you block off one corner and then you find it's found another way you fix it up <laughs> but after a few years you've got that fence and secure and so the the, the Family Law Act and the processes they've got in place and, of course, the judges and the people who work in it, we're all awake up to these tricks. And so... Mm -hmm. And it's not it's not been invented by your no. ex. They're not that special. Yeah. And so I guess in, in the long run, the best thing our listeners can do is be aware, be in control of your own space, your own yeah. finances, know where the money's coming from, know where it's going, know when it's supposed to be paid and keep an eye on bank account statements, you know, make sure that your your lawyer bill, keep asking for an updated yeah. lawyer bill as often as possible. Don't wait until the end of your divorce to get whopped with a big, you know, yeah. 50,000 bill or more. Find someone. Ask, Yep, who bills regularly. Yeah. And, in fact, if you're choosing yeah. a lawyer, ask how often yeah. they'll send you a bill. And I think that's what this is all about. And I know a lot of us, because we say, you know, what type of divorce personality are you dealing with? But also, what type of divorce personality are you? Yes. And there's a large portion of our listeners who are avoidant, avoidant. because maybe they just don't want to deal with the 
the crap they've had to deal with. They've gotten out maybe, or they've been left and now they just want to stop everything and have a break. But this is not the time to stop. You got to keep your finger on the pulse, uh, because that money that you save and get for yourselves is going to set you up for your future when you can stop, wait till it's all over and have a lovely holiday and and a break. And don't be um, the person who a year down the track when their their heartache has healed a little bit and they can see their ex for what they are. Don't be that person that goes, I wish I'd I'd taken what I was entitled to. I wish Mm. I hadn't compromised so much. You know, so mm. you have to, you, you need to honor your future self um, by doing yes. a reasonable job. I'm not saying don't compromise at all because there is a cost. There's the emotional cost apart from anything else, the uncertainty, mm. the time cost, and of course, your own um, f- financial cost. Uh, so people settle yeah. for all sorts of things, but just. Make sure you're not settling out of guilt or because you're exhausted. All right. Well, thank you, Mum, for sharing all those lovely, dirty deeds that we've seen done. Um, I guess, you know, and and don't, like we've said, don't feel bad. It happens to lots of people. And Mum said one in 20 do the running up of the legal bills. So goodness knows how many of the child support have to deal with on a daily basis. I don't know how they do their (laughs) job because they talk to you and then they talk to your partner. So they are really the meat in the same. Which as lawyers we can be six blocks of chocolate for the child support people. <laughs> general general health advice only. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. okay. Now, if you are interested in listening to any of our other episodes today, click on the show notes and you can click on them and listen to our child support one. There's a mental health one and also uh, being bombarded with legal letters, what you can do about it. But on top of that, if you are interested in learning anything else about our course, you can go to www.thedivorce course.com.au. We have some how to fill in forms, mini courses that are only $10. You can go onto our online store and download those if you are about to navigate the legal system. And if you would like to leave us a review, we would love to choose one of you to have a free 30 minute chat with mum. If you are interested in that, just leave us a review on Apple podcasts and that would be amazing. But thank you much. Oh, sorry. Don't forget. I think, are we up to 70 six or more than 75 podcasts we've done over two years i don't yeah well this is we've this is episode something over around 70 that's yeah, amazing so we've done yeah. pretty well so, yeah, so you've got plenty yeah <laughs> yes we had a lady right in the, just the other day and she said um i'm busily cramming all your podcast episodes right now <laughs> so that's going to take her a while to listen to them all but if you just scroll through yeah. them you'll find the ones that are relevant to yeah. you all right thank you so much everyone for listening thank you mum for bye, your time everyone. take lovely care. talking to you Laura. bye Bye-bye. if you found this podcast helpful we'd love it if you could rate review and subscribe by doing so you are spreading the word to help someone else just like you lynn would like to remind you that this podcast is general advice only and you should always get legal advice in relation to your particular situation and remember that the australian laws may have changed since recording